children who use electronic media right before bedtime may have problems the next day. With the details, here's InfoTrack's Taryn McCall. Taryn? Thanks, Chris. Our guest is Dr. Peter Polos, a physician at the JFK Medical Center Sleep Laboratory in Edison, New Jersey, and he was the lead author of the study. So tell us exactly what you were studying. Well, this was a study to investigate the impact of electronic media, computers, Game Boys, text, etc., and see that impact that it might have on their sleep. How much texting or email were these kids doing, and how late at night was it happening? What our study showed was that it is very prevalent. Adolescents were texting an average of 35 to 36 times per night in the span of 20 minutes to up to four hours after supposed lights out. And the result that is of significance is that Clearly, you're encroaching upon the sleep time of these children who, for a variety of reasons, probably already have reduced sleep time to begin with via homework or sports or job or having to get up extra early to take a bus to school. So these children typically are having less time, I feel, to sleep than they should, and they're now closing in on that by having this at their fingertips, literally at their fingertips. Do you think the problem is that they're sleeping less or that the extra stimulation before going to sleep is the problem? I think it's both. Certainly, they're reducing their total sleep time by doing these activities. They are likely impacting the quality of their sleep by delaying sleep onset even when it's lights out because the stimulation, both the light stimulation and the mental stimulation of playing the games or doing the texting and anticipating a response to a text or anticipating a better score is more stimulatory to the brain than not. So even after lights out, I would venture to guess that their ability to fall quickly to sleep is probably impacted much as it would be in an adult who's having difficulty sleeping and we tell them to avoid such activities or it'll delay the onset of sleep, similarly in children, I would suspect. If you can't sleep and you do this, it's not going to make you fall asleep any quicker. And if this is causing you not to have sleep, it's just as bad. So it's a behavior that is not pro-sleep. You know, sleep is so much ritualistic for children and for adults for that matter. We all have a bedtime ritual, and if we're blessed with a good bedtime ritual, we tend to have better sleep than people who may not have quite the same ritual and may have other issues that interrupt their sleep. So what we want to try and do is have good sleep habits, sleep hygiene, as we call it in sleep medicine, and this certainly is not hygienic, as it were. So based on what you learned in this small study, what advice could you offer to parents? I think as a sleep specialist, the first thing we have to do, and we start this at an early age, is establish good sleep habits in our children from you know infancy to toddler to adolescent right on through. If children understand how they should sleep with a proper, cool, dark, rewarding sleep environment, not with a lot of bombardment of noise and heat and television, etc., and get them in good sleep habits earlier, I think as they get older and we lose a little control when they have access to these media, we're starting from a better place. So we're not so far behind the eight ball that now we have to say, okay, well now at age 13, we need to talk about your sleep habits. Probably should have been talking about them all along. Once the child has access to these media, I think age-appropriate discussions about, okay, this is bedtime, and bedtime has always been lights out, 
you know, nightlight on, a little ritual, whatever it is that you have. We're not going to change that now just because you have a cell phone or a computer in your room. And you have that appropriate discussion, and that should work. And in the worst-case scenario, a parent has to set limits and perhaps remove the media from the environment. So it can be a battle, and I think it's to everybody's benefit, to the parent and the child, to establish the habits early, establish the communication. And I also think it's important physicians and those who treat adolescents start to ask what their sleep habits are, and it may also allow a better discourse between the patient and the physician because sometimes children will listen to the doctor before they listen to their parent. And one thing we should note is that this was a very small study, so much more research is on the way. Dr. Peter Polos, a physician at the JFK Medical Center's Sleep Laboratory in Edison, New Jersey, thank you for joining us. Thank you. My pleasure. And I'm Taryn McCall for InfoTrack. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of InfoTrack. To get more information about our guests and topics, you can find InfoTrack online at TalkZone.com. Internet services courtesy of Pear.com. InfoTrack's executive producer is Randy Meyer, and I'm Chris Whitting. Till next week, thanks from all of us for tuning in to InfoTrack.